Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed, and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. Has anyone heard of Kathy Boone before? Anyone here? I didn't think so. Uh, Kathy was uh, living in America, actually. Uh, anyone here has ever spent time in America? But you didn't come across Kathy. All right, okay. Kathy, uh, you probably didn't. She wasn't a famous sports star. Uh, she wasn't a well-known musician. Uh, actually, just quickly, it's too early for tangents. But um, this this week, uh, my wife turned the news on while we're prepping for the meal. And normally, we do the news two or three times a week because you don't miss much in between. And I'm going, what is she turning the news on for? Anyway, whatever, and then realised Olivia Newton-John. Is anyone still hurting? Are we okay? I'm not hurting. (laughs) But we mourn with those of you who mourn. Anyway, so Olivia passed away this week. Back to Kathy. Kathy died a homeless woman. Uh, She had family looking for her. She had the police involved. She even had a financial institution trying to find her and she was totally oblivious to it. She died homeless but had 884,000 US dollars sitting in a trust account that she'd inherited and had no idea. ASIC reported in November 2021, not that long ago, there's one and a half billion dollars in Australia of unclaimed money, like inheritances, life insurance, uh, bank accounts that no one's in touch with, all this sort of stuff. You can like put your name in there. If you're online, don't do this right now, wait. But after the service, you can put your name in this thing and it will let you know if any of this unclaimed money is yours or not. I put my name in and I'm going to work tomorrow. (laughs) But um, but yeah, that that could buy a few groceries, couldn't it? One and a half billion dollars. This is money that people got no idea that they're fully entitled to, but have not yet taken a hold of. I got a, um, there's a guy, Tim Myers, some of you may know him. Um, He told this story once, I love this story. He, uh, he He was a bit like the Ambrose clan. Now, what do I mean by that? The Ambroses are a family here in this church. There's uh, five boys, and uh, Tim was a bit like that. Had a band of brothers. He grew up in PNG, Papua New Guinea. All right, missionary kids. And uh, they didn't have paddocks. They had jungle to play in. And him and his brothers are playing in the jungle one day. Uh, and it's just an ordinary day until they come across this sort of like metal military type of chest. They just see a corner of it. And, you know, as you would, you'd just sort of start, wow, what's this? You know, kicker, I wonder if there's a bomb in there. You know, I wonder if there's some letters in there or a journal. Anyway, they finally get this thing open and it is full of US dollars. So it's money from the war or drug money that's been hidden. But regardless, they're staring at it as a band of brothers now, just going, I cannot believe what we have just come across. They didn't tell their parents and they weren't gonna go to the police. They made a decision right there and then, really clever, I reckon. But they said, we're not gonna tell anyone about this. We're gonna bury this somewhere where we know where it is. And when we can make use of this, we're coming back for it. And so they did. They took it, they 
from where they'd found it, you know, which was a good idea in case it was drug money, but um, took it and went and buried it somewhere where they knew where it was. They all had the map and they all had this plan. When we're old enough, we're gonna come back and collect this money. The day finally came when they had the opportunity to go back and collect their chest of money. Can you imagine growing up as a young boy, none of us had this, or a young girl, just knowing, you know what, uh, you know, if school doesn't work out, if I can't find a job, at least I've got this suitcase of, or this metal chest of money uh, sitting in the PNG jungle somewhere. Anyway, they go back to get it. As you can imagine, they're pretty excited. And then this moment of confusion and then kind of dread. They double check the map. They double check with each other and they cannot believe there's been a road built over where they buried the chest of money. And so they had to work out, how much do we really want this money? In a foreign country, we're gonna dig up the road, stop the traffic. <laughs> it's still sitting there today. And you know what? Kathy, totally oblivious to this inheritance. Tim and his brothers burying all this money. But before I judge them too harshly, I gotta think, what am I totally oblivious to? Is it possible that there is a life-changing inheritance for the taking that I've buried, that I'm not accessing? You know, this dilemma uh, exists for all of us because we're kind of in this uh, space in this age uh, in terms of the church has been birthed. Jesus has come. He has risen from the dead. He's given His Spirit. But at the same time, the fulfilment of all things in Christ's return has not yet happened. We are historically speaking in the age of the church. It's kind of a halfway space. We're in an age where we have so much of the good things uh, that come from a relationship with God, at the same time, we don't yet have everything. I had my 25 year anniversary this year of following Jesus. That means, and it made me feel old at first. And then I thought, okay, cool, 25 years. And you know what's crazy about that? Is that for those whole 25 years, the gap between what I know and what I live up to still exists. You know, there's this, halfway kind of space. You know, when Christ returns, uh, everything will be put right. Everything will be reconciled to Him. The curse and all of its effects will be fully defeated and overcome. The final judgment and fulfilment of salvation for all who believe, it will be done. Every promise fully realised, fully fulfilled. But for now, we're in a halfway kind of space. I'm so thankful that in Joshua 13, there's a whole nation in a halfway space. So let's go to Joshua 13 as we continue in our series. Uh, just before we jump into Joshua 13, if you glance at Joshua 12, you'll see that there was two kings that the Mo uh, Moses had defeated and then 31 kings that the Israelites had defeated or that God had defeated through the Israelites, however you wanna put it, while Joshua uh, was leader of the Israelites. This is a significant move of God amongst the nations through the nation of Israel. 
And now we come to 13.1. It's on the screen or it's on, in your Bible. When Joshua had grown old, the Lord said to him, you are now very old. <laughs> Great. That's a word from the Lord to some of us. <laughs> and there are still very large areas of land to be taken over. Or it might say to be possessed depending on your translation. This is the land that yet remains, all the territory of the Philistines and all of that of the Geshurites from Sahor, which is east of Egypt, as far as the border of Ekron, and on and on it goes. God in quite clear detail says to Joshua, uh, there is still a lot of land to be inherited. In this chapter, the word inheritance shows up 10 times. So that is a heap of land. And then you see in verse 13, as well as in verse, sorry, verse 14 and 33, this special inheritance which goes to the Levites. All the other tribes are inheriting land. And God clearly says to Joshua, for the Levites, they won't get any land, but they will receive a special office and provision which allows them to be fully focused and dedicated to me in this life. If uh, we were to now, as people following Jesus, believers, part of the church in a global sense, going to relate to or connect to a particular tribe of the Israelites now, it would be the Levites. In 1 Peter 2.9, it clearly says, but there's you know, heaps in Hebrews and other places in the Bible, but clearly says, but you are a chosen people. This is to the church, this is being said. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special possession that you may declare the praises of Him who has brought you from darkness or out of darkness into His wonderful light. Now, I love the way David put it in Psalm 73 verse 26. He says, Although my heart uh, may fail and my flesh may fail, God is the strength of my heart and He is my portion forever or my inheritance forever. So God in Joshua is really specific about which tribe and who is gonna inherit what. And you know what? God is just as specific for you and I today. I've heard God's Word talked about as a love letter like this big, giant, long, detailed, 66 books long, 40 different authors, all testifying consistently over thousands of years of history about the same God. Like there is no other book like the Scriptures, right? Anyway, I've heard it described as a love letter from God to humanity. I love that picture. I think in broad terms, yeah, I, you'd say that's true. But this morning, I want us to take or think about this as a last will and testament. As a God-breathed document that details and reveals to us what the children of God have inherited. The inheritance that God has purposed and ordained for His children. It's possible that you've been cruising through life or maybe even struggling through life a bit like Kathy Boone 
and looking for peace, searching for purpose, working hard to be a really good person. And yet there's an inheritance right there. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Jesus, the one who said, I've come to give life and life to the full, a life full of purpose. Jesus, who's the one who became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So we don't have to work hard at being good enough because Jesus has done it for us. It's possible that maybe you've come here and you can relate to Tim Myers a bit or you've tasted and seen the inheritance. You know that God is good. There was a time when it was exciting to just open the Scriptures and discover something of God. There was a time when you could not wait to just get alone with God. But life happens, or happened. Something happened. Something cut across your path and you just made a choice at some point which maybe seemed insignificant at the time. But it's kind of turned into this existence now where the walk you had with God is, seems like a distant memory and maybe you're just hanging on by the thread or by the threads of that. So that when life gets better or a bit easier or a bit more convenient, then I'll get back to church or then I'll get back to your word or then I'll get back to surrendering Jesus. For the Israelites, we see that God had an inheritance for them now, which was their land, all that land, but as well as for eternity, which was God Himself, right? And today it is exactly the same. that The inheritance that God has explained to us and described so clearly to us in the Scriptures is both now as well as for eternity. There is this thin veil called death. In fact, at this point, I should probably just take that off. And at this point, I should probably put this somewhere that you can actually see it. Ta-da! All right. Okay. And thanks, guys, for getting all this wood up here. Um, Okay. So there is this thin veil called death, all right? Right now, we're living in for now. At some point, we're all going to get a turn at passing through. I don't know when. You don't know when. Some of us can, like, narrow it down to a range, you know? Like, there was a time, probably only 10 years ago, I thought, ah, that's so far away. And now I think, wow, I'm getting close to halfway. And there's other people who are going, you know what, just my body's so broken and... (laughs) Life's so hard, just bring it on. You know, it's got to be 10 years or less, surely. Um, Some of us, uh, because of that not knowing, you know, like literally, without scaring anyone, but in the next six months, you're going to pass through that veil. There's an inheritance for now, and there's an inheritance that's for eternity. On the other side of this veil, the only inheritance that matters is, do you have God and does God have you? On this side, which we'll spend a bit of time at for a second, uh, there's two things going on. There's all this stuff that Jesus has made possible to inherit now, 
But there's also this idea in my mind, in everyday life and in many of ours, that one day, when my parents pass away, and hopefully that's still a long time, but one day there'll be some kind of a physical inheritance that comes to me, and then as a father of two, you know, I don't focus on it, but I'm aware that, hey, one day I would like to leave them something physical as well, if I can. On this side, like I said before, there's only one inheritance that matters. (laughs) So perspective is what we're wanting to introduce. I need a volunteer. There's no way I'm gonna be able to pull this off by myself. Uh, Mitch, can I grab you for a sec? All right. All right, we're gonna gonna have a look at what's in these boxes, but I'm gonna get you over this side first, Mitch, because this is the one we're looking at first. Now, I didn't make this stuff up, is what I wanna say before we start to open these boxes. Like there's scripture backing up this stuff. So let's find out what's in there, Mitch. And we'll do one at a time. One at, no, yeah, just grab one at a time. Yeah, we're in training here. Here we go. Hang on, hang on. Yep, yep, perfect. Except, I'll tell you what, do this. Yep, perfect. All right. Okay. Forgiveness. No condemnation. I, will, I do not, I wish I had time. We don't. But um, like there, there's a verse, verses on the back of all these. And, you know, like I said, this is, this is found in God's Word. If we just think of it for a moment as a last will and testament, though it's not that, but, you know, in that, in that sense that we understand it. Um, forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us for all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In Romans, there is no condemnation now for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right, let's keep going. We got to, don't have all day. All right, belonging. 1 Corinthians 12. Like what other kingdom is like, hey, Believe in Jesus and there's a seat for you at the table and there's a room for you on the other side of this uh, thing. There's a spirit, one spirit, a Holy Spirit that I'm going to give you and put inside of you as a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. In Romans, it talks about uh, the, the, the fact that no one can tell you whether you're a child of God or not, but actually it's God's spirit that testifies to our spirit and makes us cry, Abba, Father. Oh man, you belong. And maybe you have not been in church for a very long time or this is the first time in your life. I wanna tell you, you belong. You know, you may not have known you belong. You may be only hearing this for the first time, but there is a place for you. You are in the right place. Ah, belonging. All right, what else are we inheriting? This is all things that Jesus has made possible. The fruit of the Spirit. Oh man, all the money, all the uh, self-help books, all the, like all the resource that's gone into helping people have more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. And God has poured out His Spirit. He wants to give it to you and I without limits so that those things might just spring up so that when you and I are squeezed, what comes out is not the reaction of the flesh, but it's love, joy, peace, all that stuff. Far out, so good. Let's keep going. What else? Ah, sorry. We didn't want to miss this one. The Holy Spirit Himself, God Himself. In Joshua, people were not given the Spirit the way that you and I are given the Spirit now since the Spirit was given in Acts. Like it's so hard to think about what that would be like, but wow, God gives us His Spirit to dwell in us. Thank you so much. Keep going, Mitch. Provision. Sorry, I was moving ahead of you. You know, um, 
not everything you want if like your whole brain is sort of wired on all the stuff that the world tells you that you want and need, but definitely provision for everything you need to carry out the will of God and have clothes on your back and food in the fridge and all that sort of thing. So good. Birds of the air. We don't have time, but read Matthew 6. Okay, let's go. Let's keep going. Wisdom. All right. Thankfully, (laughs) we're inheriting wisdom. All right. I know I need that a lot. In fact, the older I get, the more I need it because life actually gets a bit more confusing and complex. Who has the book? Does anyone here have the book on how to, like the perfect way to raise children? Anyone worked that? Anyone got that? I know there's some perfect children and grandchildren, but where's the book? Man, in wisdom, James 1 verse 5 to 6, if any of you lacks wisdom, what? Ask and he will give it to you. God's wisdom, not just any old wisdom, the creator of the universe's wisdom for our lives. All right, let's keep going. Mitch, you're doing a great job, by the way. All right. Deliverance, so good. Like, what are you going through? Like heaps of stuff, I imagine. Deliverance from those things in his time, but by his power. All right, let's keep going. Oh, yeah, this one's, this one's not popular, not popular, but promised. Opposition, trials, suffering. All right, got to be honest here. Jesus did say, hey, in this life, you will have trouble. He did say, hey, if this is how the world treats me and you're gonna follow me, this is gonna be happening to you too. On this side of the veil, all right? We're not gonna be worried about it on this side, but it will happen on this side. So just be encouraged if this is you and something that you're going through, oh man, you are taking hold of something of the inheritance that Jesus has for his followers on this side of the veil. All right, let's keep going. Thank you. Uh, Good things to do. All right, that's a paraphrase of Ephesians 2.10. God has prepared good works in advance for us to do. Awesome. And you know what? What's amazing is those good things, some, some of them are common to all of us, but actually some are like things that only you can do in your community or your family or your world. Like God is so good like that. He's so specific like that the way that he knows you and matches up the things that he has prepared in advance for us to do. All right, let's keep going. Perfect love. Oh, I love this. I could dwell on this for a long time. I'm gonna try not to. I love that it says in Romans 5, for God demonstrates his great love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let's go right back to the start of that verse. For God demonstrates... He didn't just talk about it. He didn't just think about it. He didn't just have good intentions. He actually demonstrated His love. The love of God is a demonstrated, tangible love that sent Jesus to the cross. That is incredible. Not only is it perfect in terms of it being demonstrated, but it's committed. It's unfailing. It's steadfast. It's unconditional. Like we hear that in church, oh yeah, great. You know, the unconditional love of God, so good. And yet we live in our heads and our hearts experiencing the love of the world, which only loves you if you measure up. It's so conditional. And yet here's Jesus saying, brothers, sisters, old people, children, I have perfect love for you to receive and walk in. All right, let's keep going. Knowing God, all right, 
a growing revelation of who He is and what He is like. Um, even just come, oh no, 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 don't jump ahead. I almost did. So disciplined of me. Um, no, no, but, uh, but just want to encourage us far out. For us who've tasted and seen that God is good, there's still even more to discover and know as we just continue to walk in Him and trust Him. Uh, let's keep going. We're almost there. A new creation. Oh man, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I know we come to Jesus in all sorts of different ways. And you know, I don't think Jesus minds how we come to Him as long as we come to Him. And certainly, you know, I know no one in this room really cares how people do as long as, you know, you, you, you are having the opportunity to come to Him. Come as you are. But I do want to say that um, just a little bit of my testimony was that as a 14-year-old, knowing about God, but having a, a life that did not reflect any knowledge of Him throughout the week at all, because I was totally focused on just living for, I suppose, the laughs and the acceptance of my friends, um, who, after following Jesus, still were my friends, so they turned out to be true friends. I just was insecure as a 14-year-old, until one weekend, like the youth camp that Ben Peters was talking about, and God spoke to me quite clearly through, not the speaker, unfortunately, but just through a picture during the worship around, here's a line, it's about as wide as your thumb, it's red. After that bit of the line, it's grey, and it's forever, and Simon, notice you can't see the end of that line. Well, that's eternity. Simon? You're investing a lot of your headspace and heart space into this red line, which at you know, year nine world is like this little world of your friends, right? Live for me. Yes, Jesus, I get it. And then in came his spirit and literally made me a different person over that course of that weekend. I was a different person going back to school than I was when I left school on a Friday, the Friday before. Now that's, you know, some of us have experienced the same thing. Others, it's like, well, I don't really know, but I know that now, right now I'm definitely following Jesus. Praise God. It's, yeah, it's the same thing, just different. But new creation. All right, let's keep going. <sighs> Life in all its fullness. Man, so many lies of the world. Uh, scroll through social media, turn on the radio, watch the TV. Um, listen, to, like, yeah, I'm a big believer in having mates in the footy club or running. I love running. Like, I've, you know, most of my best friends are runners, right, who don't know Jesus, to be honest, yet. But, uh, you know, listen to all those voices too long and you start to think that a full life is somehow lived outside of Jesus, maybe? And it's not. <laughs> it's not. Life and what we think of in terms of um, what's, what's really important thing to settle in your own heart is what is honestly my picture of the good life? Because the world has got a really clear option to follow there. Australian culture has given us a real clear picture of, uh, you know, you can probably say it without me even telling you, but I'll tell you anyway, uh, a piece of land somewhere with a house on it that you own and a job that brings you fulfilment, hopefully some healthy kids and enough money to retire on sometime between 50 and 65 so that for whatever other time you got left, while you're waiting to go through that thin veil, you can have a bit of a good time before it's all over. Man, how empty <laughs> compared to knowing the Creator, compared to being a part of something that's eternal. Oh, a full life. That's John 10.10, 10, by the way. All right, let's, is there any more in there? Oh, okay. 
true freedom. Oh man, so good. So all these things. Thanks, Mitch. Stay on stage though. For now, on this side of the veil, to take a hold of, a life-changing inheritance in Jesus to take a hold of. With this for now inheritance, just a quick note here. With my worldly inheritance, like I mentioned before, and all of your worldly inheritances, you wait until the person dies and then you inherit that in full overnight, right? Well, in a sort of upside down kingdom kind of a way, the way this inheritance works and receiving it is that Jesus' death dealt with the sin. His resurrection proved his victory over sin and death. But then it is the giving of his spirit that gives us access to this inheritance. And the degree to which we take a hold of it is not about who else has died, it's how much are we willing to die. Die to self, die to the things that the world loves, die to dead works, and die to the praise of man. But I tell you what, the less of me there is and the more of him there is, the more of this there is in my life. Ah. And so the call from God is not to work harder or get busier to inherit more. That's what the world says. You know, bust, you know, uh, sorry, I'll try and paraphrase what the world was saying to me in my 20s, mid-20s to 30s. It was saying, hey, Simon, if you bust your guts now for about 10 to 15 years, you might be able to retire by the time you're 40 and live a life of, now, nothing wrong with retiring early, nothing wrong with having heaps of money or resource. But basically, I had this invitation from the world, you know, from you know, the God of materialism to say, hey, give me your life for 10 to 15 years and I'll give something back. Whereas with God, it says, hey, don't work harder, don't stay busier to inherit more, but trust me, surrender more. Give me more control. And all this is for the taking. Okay, let's get over to the big chest. All right, so that's the little chest. There's no, I've only got two chests and I wasn't willing to make, I wasn't willing to go buy another one of those. I wasn't willing to make another one of those. So we've got two different size chests. But I love that this one's white. It fits in with, you know, <laughs> Disney, at least, when it comes to ideas of heaven. All right, so uh, we might, we'll see. I'm not sure how this lid will go. Let's just try open this lid and have it not snap off at the back because I think it goes right back. We're gonna need another volunteer. All right, someone else just to hold this. Yes, sir, young man. All right, you've got one job and one job only and that is to stop this lid from falling backwards. Okay, you got the weight of it? Yep. You sure? Yep. Do you wanna stand behind it? I think you do. Okay, no, keep it up because then it's a bit more balanced. Hold it right there. Okay, Lucky's doing well. Okay. Shorter list, but man, it's an exciting list. Mitch, let's go. Sabbath rest. Okay, we're talking now on this side of the veil. Sorry, it's really hard to do that with a handheld mic. I should have practiced that. Man, like we have the opportunity for Sabbath rest now, but we're talking Sabbath rest, like rest. Right now, if I have a Sabbath, 
I can rest, but I'm still thinking about the week ahead. <laughs> all the worries and all the stuff that you've got to do. All the people that you care about where something's going on in their life. All of that sort of stuff is still happening. But on this side, Sabbath, rest. Okay, and shalom, I should say with that. So I think that's the next one. I'm not gonna go into shalom, but let's just talk about for a second, like the perfect peace of God reigning in every facet of the universe. No more accuser, no more enemy, no more, ah. Oh. Okay, let's keep moving. Revelations, I oh know, what are we on? What are we doing? The God, oh, I love this one. Yep, Revelations 7, 9. Imagine this for a second. I only had this thought, this, you know, as preparing for this. You pass through this side of the veil, through this thin veil called death. You're on this side. We're actually gonna be standing one day in this great multitude, praising God from every tongue, tribe, nation, and going, wow, another word of God fulfilled. Right now, we look back on the Old Testament and all that prophecy that was fulfilled in Jesus and go, wow, that was fulfilled, that was pretty cool. We are going to be a part of what God has already prophesied in that great multitude, I just be like, oh my goodness, we are here and this is pretty amazing. Like what an incredible thing to inherit in eternity. Okay, let's keep going. Keep it moving. Oh, the reign of God. God reigns now, but I'm talking about like the full reign of God when like the enemy is not just conquered legally. The enemy is not just, uh, I suppose, uh, conquered in faith, but Literally, like the enemy has been dealt with and the reign of God is in everything and through everything. There's nothing to worry about because God reigns fully. Like on this side, in that sense. Oh my goodness, keep going, keep going. What have we got? Oh, love this, love this. I think I'm gonna be looking forward to this the older I get. But a resurrection body, this is a real thing. Like, you'll still be able to recognise yourself. There's all this stuff in um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. There's other stuff throughout the Scripture. We're gonna get a new body. We're gonna be raised back to life in an incorruptible body. I, oh, I am looking forward to that. There's so much stuff I can't do with this body. But just imagine that. Oh, hang on, keep going. What's next? Oh, no mourning, no crying, no pain. That is just a part of our lot, isn't it, in life on this side of the veil. But it talks very clearly that He will wipe every tear, that there will be no more crying, there will be no more mourning. Ah, oh, like there's got to be some tears of joy, I think. But man, all right, let's keep going. Doing so good there. Renewed creation. I love being outside. Who are the people who just love being outside? It's okay if you don't. It's just, yeah. Man, for you guys who love being outside, like there's already beautiful places to visit, beautiful places to be. But just imagine in a moment the renewed creation. All the weeds are in their spot, you know, like as natural plants, not taking over as weeds all the destruction that we've done to the environment, all the pollution, renewed, taken away, oh, reversed, whatever, but uh, so good. Okay, anything else? Oh, yeah, important one too. The manifest presence of God. Many of us in this room, 
on this side of the veil would have already had some pretty powerful experiences through our lives at different times, possibly more those for moments as a lived experience of the manifest presence of God. But on this side of the veil, like God dwells in the city. He's seated on the throne. There isn't a sun and a moon. It's God who gives the light. Yeah, like, you know, I was gonna say jaw drop. I was about to drop the mic. But incredible. Thank you so much, Mitch. Thank you so much, Lockie. Let's uh, close that up. So we have much to possess of God and God has much to possess of us. Philippians 3, verse 12 to 14, Paul says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what is behind. I strain towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize. And if I'm allowed to put a little bracket in there, I press on toward the goal to take hold of the inheritance for which Christ took hold of me, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So with the for now inheritance, that is a life-changing inheritance that flows out of a relationship with Jesus now. With the for eternity inheritance, we don't get to see that and experience that until we pass through that veil with Jesus. But I tell you what, it's pretty life-changing on this side to know that that's there. Like if you honestly, in the heart of your hearts, trust the Scripture and trust that that exists and is waiting, it changes the way that on this side of the veil we endure hardship. It changes the way on this side of the veil that uh, we have joy and peace. It's not based on circumstances, it's regardless of circumstance, I can have joy and peace. Gratitude and hope, it changes the invitation that we have. Instead of being people who are just sort of floating through the world, towards this veil, we're a people of invitation for others to come and take a hold of this inheritance there and the one to come. It means that we can use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. Corinthians, love that, love that picture. It means we can live with a different kind of wisdom. Now like all of the wisdom of the world is orientated towards gratification of self. But the wisdom of God is orientated towards His glory and our well-being as His children. I love that. I love it. Your identity. This inheritance speaks to the core of your identity and who you see yourself as and what you see yourself as doing and what you see your life's purpose as being on this side of the veil. And... I would put it to you, and as with the Scriptures, particularly in Peter, put it to you that because of this inheritance, we are pilgrims passing through the world. Our home isn't here. We're gonna be here. You know, we'd better be, a, I hope, a blessing to the world. You know, the body of Christ has the Spirit of Christ to carry on the ministry of Christ here and now, but pilgrims passing through because our citizenship ultimately is in heaven. 
going to spend a lot longer there <laughs> than we are doing what we're doing here. Um, just amazing. But hopefully a helpful perspective. So we're a people who have inherited much in Jesus. What would it look like? Let's imagine for a moment. What would it look like to take a hold of that? Because here in Joshua, God is clearly laid out for the people of Israel a, an inheritance, a declared possession. And they have t- possessed some of it, but not yet taken hold of all of it. Don't do a Kathy Boone. Don't live your life oblivious to what God has made available through Christ. And don't do a Tim Myers either. Having tasted and seen or you know, experienced some of this but said, I'm gonna get back to that some other time or when it's more convenient. I just wanna come back to Joshua 13.1 as we prepare to close I want to invite the band up if they want to do that. In Joshua 13.1, Now Joshua was old, advanced in years. The Lord said to him, you are old and advanced in years. There remains very much land yet to be possessed. It's like God is saying, hey, very clearly, Joshua, what I started back in Egypt, what I fulfilled through Moses, what I fulfilled through your leadership of the Israelites, it's not over yet. We're halfway. Now, I don't know if it's literally halfway, but basically, like I said, there's 33 kings or so, all through Joshua 13, there's a heap of land. Let's call it roughly halfway. And I just wanna encourage everyone here who's feeling like, well, I've just started or I'm halfway or maybe I'm even most of the way, but that there is more to come in God. There is always more to come in God. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, I am convinced of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion in, uh, at the day of Christ Jesus. So on the one hand, you know, Joshua is sitting there hearing, okay, so, all right, I, you know, I've done a lot, I'm old, it's not gonna be me who finishes this. And I'm hearing more victory, I'm hearing more freedom, Uh, I'm hearing more flourishing for the children of Israel. And at the very same time, he's hearing that means more trust, more obedience. It's not time to stop yet. Brothers and sisters, it is not a season to rest now. On this side of the veil, it's a season to advance. It's a season to press on. It's a time to make the most of and take a hold of the inheritance that God has for us. Globally, absolutely, there is a season of harvest that has been going on since the church was birthed in Acts. Year on year, on year on year, on day on day, there are more believers in Christ than there was the day before. That is going on right now across the world. Locally, there is still a harvest. And the reason I am convinced there is a harvest, yes, the Word of God and what it promises, but also we're all placed here. Like God places His people where there is a harvest, right? And so I'm convinced that we, you and I, as the hands and the feet and the mouth of Jesus in this community, there is a harvest still to come. 
You know, we're looking around right now going, oh, look, that's good. There's a full room. Yeah, there's like 120,000 people or something, you know, like scattered through the hills and Mount Barker's booming and like, there's so much more that God wants to do. Recently, I went on a really long run and we were six days through this run, all right? So I ran the Heisen Trail with some mates. We were halfway at the six day mark. In one sense, wow, I've never run for six days before. That's a bit of an achievement. Um, you know, lots to feel good about, but it was not the end. We were halfway. It wasn't what we set out to do. We were halfway. And I just wanna impress on you this morning that there is a chance that there is so much good stuff to celebrate, so many things to be thankful for, but maybe you're only halfway. Maybe I'm only halfway into what God has in the future. And so that call on us to persevere, to endure. Dave, when he was talking about Joshua 9 and spiritual warfare, he said, endurance as a weapon. I have never heard endurance talked about as a weapon of spiritual warfare. But I think that is so true, isn't it? Like just keeping at it, you know, just walking, being faithful, saying, God, I need to trust you with this again. I've taken a hold. Here it is again. So good. Halfway is not the fulfilment of what God intends to do. So let's not settle. Be stoked, but let's know that there's more to come. The same God who spoke to Joshua to say there's more is speaking to you and I this morning to say there's more. Uh, individually, for your family, for this congregation, for the city of Adelaide, for the state of South Australia. And it's not about work harder, get busier, take hold of more. It's about surrender. It's about trust. It's about, yes, Jesus, more of you and less of us. A life-changing inheritance from God exists for the taking. I wanna encourage you to take a step this morning uh, to two people, two types of people, <laughs> hopefully more than two people, two types of people. Uh, I'm trusting that there's people who've joined us this morning and you maybe you heard about God as a kid or have hardly even heard about God, but you found yourself here. You're those people that before are saying, you are in the right place. You belong. I wanna encourage you in relation to that. But don't do a Kathy Boone and after having, now that you've heard something, a seed of something, just go back into your life looking for everything that you were ever looking for in your own strength when it's right here in Jesus Christ or right here or right here because His Spirit will come and live in you if you are willing to put your trust in Him. And others, that story of Tim Myers just struck a bit of a chord and went, yeah, you know what? I reckon might have some buried treasure, might have... Uh, seen that inheritance, but never really actually taken a hold of it. I've actually sort of buried it for later or, and I might get back to it. Well, today is the day of salvation. Today you're hearing this message, not by accident. You know, somehow you got to church because God through His Word just wanted to say, hey, that inheritance that you buried, it is one prayer away. <laughs> it is one movement in the posture of your heart towards me away. All through Hebrews, it says, do not harden your heart like they did in the rebellion. 
as an encouragement to the whole church this morning that we would leave, well, come to Jesus, but leave this morning with a softer heart, with a more open heart, with a more surrendered heart. So with that, I think the band's gonna sing a song. Let's just respond honestly and openly to God. I very quickly uh, just wanna pray a general prayer for those who are saying, you know what, for the first time, I wanna find out more and I just wanna, I wanna take a small step towards taking a hold of that inheritance. I'm gonna pray for you. As every eye is uh, closed and every head is bowed, you're just gonna raise your hand, I'll acknowledge your hand and I'll just pray for you and then I want you to pray this prayer in your heart. So if that's you, hands up now, please. Saying, yep, uh, maybe I'm here for a reason and I've heard something this morning that I needed to hear. Raise your hand and receive Jesus this morning. And let me just lead you in a prayer before we get into this song. Great. All right. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for everything that you have made possible through your perfect life, your death and your resurrection and then the giving of your spirit. And in Jesus' name, I pray that you would meet people who are wanting to meet you for the first time where they are at. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Lord Jesus, I don't understand everything, but I know I need to take a step towards you. Lord Jesus, all the things that I know that I need forgiveness for, that I've done wrong or fallen short, I just give you that to you and I just trust you with it and ask for your grace and for your forgiveness. Because Jesus, I do wanna take hold of that for which you have taken hold of me and give me the grace to grow and understand and lean into that more and more from this day on in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.